You're listening to Her House, a candid conversation about real estate, finance, and other confusing millennial topics with your hosts, Chrissy Heller and Haley Lenz. Enjoy the show. We are so excited to introduce to you today. We have with us Jackie Unger. She is a new mom. She's created a very successful business advising lots of different people with a lot of women on how to best invest their money. She's coming to us from Florida. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on the podcast. I think the very first question that I have is like, how did you get into the career that you're in today? I think at least from what I've seen, it seems like a very male-dominated career. You could let me know if I'm I'm totally off there, but I'm curious. No, it's it's definitely a very male-dominated uh, career. I actually, it's it's kind of funny. It started at a young age for me. My dad uh, was an accountant for years and um, just always had me interested in investing. Um, I started babysitting when I was ten, so he would say, you know give me $10 and we'll pick a stock and we'll invest into it. And I just got very interested in doing that. And then as I got older, um, I was more involved and um, it just kind of, you know, went from there. Um, And then I started interning for one of the top producers at my company. And um, again, just the fascination with the industry grew and uh, that's kind of the rest is history. That's awesome. So was this essentially like right out the gates, the career that you knew you wanted? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I actually went to uh, college specifically for um, small business management. So I knew I was going to, you know, kind of run my own show, if you will. Um, so it was just always something I was interested in and thought it was just a great path. There's there's always a need for what I do. And I love helping people. That's awesome. Who would you say would be like a, a candidate for your services? I mean, honestly, everyone, and I know that's such a such a broad uh, description, um, but, you know, just like we see a doctor to, you know, prevent um, problems or if there are problems, um, we, we seek a professional or we use a realtor, right, to buy a house. We don't really see for sale by owner anymore. We want to work with experts. We're so busy in our day-to-day lives taking care of ourselves and our families and our clients and um, it's just good to have somebody that's on your team, making sure that things are set up for you appropriately and can really give uh, your plan uh, the attention that it needs. So, um, you know, even if it's somebody that dabbles into doing things on their own, we're always happy to give second opinions and just make sure that you're set up for success going forward. Yeah, I feel like such like people, at least I think I'm like, okay, financial advisor, you have a lot of money. Like if you have a financial advisor, you're like very successful. But I think that, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's very off. Like it doesn't matter where you're at financially, anyone can benefit from this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've always had the motto of, I like working with nice people. I've been doing this for 15 years and I've built such great relationships and friendships with my clients. I've seen clients get married and have babies and um, just, you know, so many wonderful experiences along the way. And and I really think that, you know, everyone can benefit um, from having the right people on their team for everything. Um, And so, you know, it's there, there might be situations and where um, some advisors might, you know, only work with a certain clientele, but, but truly if, if someone wants my help, I'm, I'm happy to provide it. 
What are some of the things that you do with like, let's say you have a new client, like what are some of the first things that you do to like get them set up or like questions that you ask them? Or like if, for instance, you know, I or someone that's listening to this is interested in working with you, like what does that process look like? Yeah. So really it's kind of like what we're doing right now. I mean, I have a conversation with them. I love to get to know them. Um, I want to know what, you know, their goals are. And um, we really just kind of talk about future planning Um, And then obviously I'll get into more of the nitty gritty once we've kind of hammered out some of those um, details, just as far as how I work and operate and just, you know, some thoughts that I have on some of the information that they've shared with me. I love using a planning tool that we have called Asset Map. It's a simplified financial plan. So for someone that's got a ton of stuff or just a couple of things, um, it's just a great way to really get on track with your financial goals and gives us a current up-to-date picture that, you know, we can continue to adjust and modify as time goes along, but really helps to just keep things organized and really helps me to get to know my client. Oh, cool. So what is the asset map? Like, what does that allow you to to see? Is that like, just here's everybody's like investments across the board or does it like get into like specific things? So it's, it's specific to the client. It's, it's your map, it's your plan or your family's plan. Um, and basically it puts, um, your financial products, investments, whatever it might be that you have, um, all on one page. So if, you know, depending on if you have a spouse or not, we might include them. If you have children and they have say college savings, uh, we might include that on the plan. So everything is just on one page. I kind of like to call that the financial junk drawer, right? So we've accumulated a lot of different things and now we want to see how it's all going to work together. And then we talk about what are some goals that we have? So, you know, do we want to save for retirement? Do we? Yep, exactly. So, you know, if, if a client wants to set a goal of saving for retirement or they have children and they want to save for college or they're looking to buy their first home or an income property, we can create what's called target maps specifically for those goals. And then we basically look to see, okay, what do we already have in place? What are we already doing to accomplish those goals? And how far along are we um, to get there? And what do we need to do to change or optimize our plan to really make sure we can achieve those goals in our allotted time frame? So it's really completely customized. And honestly, something I've been using more and more with clients is, as people come to me and just really want to know, what's my plan? Do I have the right things? Am I going to get there? I always get asked that all the time. Can I retire? <laughs> it's such a broad question because um, it depends on what that looks like for for that person. So it's just a good way to get organized. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I like have a spreadsheet that I use today. It's like the last five years, every single month tracking everything meticulously, but something like that sounds like it would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like you've been doing this for so long and I feel like kind of like the dynamics of marriage and like, you know, traditional roles are really going away. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's definitely probably seems more common now to see like people in a marriage making the same, or maybe the woman's making more. So are you seeing, have you seen like a big difference in how people are setting up finances in marriage now? Absolutely. I I think it's definitely a generational thing, too. Um, I I definitely feel like I see a lot more planning um, separately than together. And what I mean by that is not that, you know, couples don't have a plan of these are all the things we're going to do together, but more so coming into the marriage with separate assets and kind of wanting to maintain those and manage them separately um, and really just kind of planning for themselves, just 
you know, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, and so oftentimes in that instance, we might look at planning for them separately instead um, while still kind of achieving some of those goals. Um, but, you know, I mean, everybody is everybody is different. So it really is just, again, a conversation of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but I but I do certainly think, like you said, a lot of people like, you know, being that you're a mom too, Chrissy, it's it, we're, we're working, right? We're working and we're saving and, and building and still being a mom, right? And so a lot of that's changed because of the generational um, changes there. And so, um, yeah, I think I think I see a lot of um, a lot of independence within within couples. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember. So we originally met through a class that you taught and it was so insightful. But one of the things that I've always taken from that class, and I don't know why this was like the point I made, but you were like, always have your own credit card. Like, don't let your, don't just take a credit card from your spouse and be on that one. Because if something happens, like every, everything you've gained on that credit card is gone and you kind of have to start over. Right. Yeah, exactly. So building your own credit, um, that's that's a really big thing. That's something I even encourage clients to do with their kids early on, just to build good credit and learn good habits. Um, you know, and again, just going back to the mentality of making sure that your house is in order. Um, you know, oftentimes as I see clients go through divorce, it's, it's very reliant on maybe what the spouse had and, and trying to figure out now where do they start. Um, and so really kind of making sure that your house is financially sound um, and that you have those right things in place so that if the unexpected happens, you aren't you know left confused with what to do next and you have a plan in place. Um, so it's, it's really just preparing for the worst or the unexpected. Of course, we hope for the best, but, but just really being prepared is, is the key there. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I was listening to something else recently and it was talking about how a lot of women don't even know like anything that's going on with the finances of their house. I feel like my household is very different in that I'm in charge of everything, but then that also leaves my husband kind of open to not knowing where, like not knowing the password to the bank account. But like, what would be your suggestion for a couple that like, how should they be like managing things just in general? Like if, if one is the one taking the lead versus the other? Sure. So, you know, again, I think um, having meetings together with your advisor, with your accountant, with your attorney, even if one is less interested in what's happening, just to know where things are at or who to reach out to, you know, in the event that something happens, um, you know, kind of like you might leave a list of numbers for the babysitter, like here's here's the order of who to reach out to. Kind of that same concept, right? Uh, simple and, and funny, I know, but uh, but very true. And the asset map that I mentioned um that's really great. Both both partners usually choose to get involved in something like that. Um, and then it's kind of like a financial roadmap because we can put in there who they need to reach out to for certain things as well. Um, I always say keep it with your important documents. So it kind of takes away a lot of the, the uh, confusion and not knowing where to go or who to reach out to or what do we have and gives them the ability to feel more empowered to answer questions, even if they're not involved in the day to day finances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I got to get my husband on board to like at least know what the password is at right. this point. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so I feel like on a, on a business note, you've obviously grown a very successful business and then you're also a mom. How have you seen, like, have you seen business change? Like I know right now it's like so on social and things like that. To, I feel like you need to have those dynamics to create a successful business. 
how have you, like what outside of just your knowledge, what do you think's kind of made your business what it is in a success? Yeah, I think really um, specializing my practice. So um, I, I work with a lot of realtors. I do benefits for a lot of realty companies. So I think that's kind of helped me in my space to focus on the needs of those individuals in particular and um, putting out the information and resources for them. Um, I use more LinkedIn just because of compliance and things. There's just certain ways that we can share information. Um, so I try to always make sure I'm sending out, you know, weekly material at a minimum, if not a few times a week of just certain things that people should be thinking about that are, you know, looking at my page. Um, and then Chrissy, like you attended, I tried to do, um, webinars, events, just different things. Again, in a casual setting, I want people to feel comfortable ask, asking questions, um, and kind of adding to the, to the presentation, if you will. But, um, I just try to find very simple ways to, to put the information out there, get people thinking about things that they might not be. Um, so I just, I love doing things like that. Happy hours, little events, stuff like that. Do you see more people coming to you off the bat in a good financial place where they have things pretty much set up nicely and they just need to maybe help on where to invest? Or do you see a good amount of people being like, "Uh oh, this is where I'm at. Help. Right. Um, you know, I, I would say it's a pretty good mix. I think it really there's a lot of factors there. I think it depends on somebody's you know age, the involvement that they've had with their finances over time. I mean, sure, I have you know, people that will come to me and say, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm just starting out. You know, I'm, I'm brand new to this career. I've, I've had a rough go of it. You know, is it too late for me? What do I do? And then I have someone who might be, you know, have a lot of different things set up and they're just really looking for an overview to make sure that everything is still in line with their plan. So it's definitely a good mix. And, and, you know, both people are great people that, you know, need the, need the help just in different capacities. For sure. I'm curious because I, I know you're, you're a mom. We're all moms and like we all work. But like, how do you manage having a thriving business and then also motherhood and everything else that you have going on? It's tough. <laughs> it's definitely tough. Um, it, it takes it takes a lot of help and um, really sacrificing a lot of your own time, right, to um, make up for the time that you're giving to your child. So I work after Max, you know, goes to sleep. I try to knock things out and get in order for the next day. Um, sometimes even on the weekends. I mean, I, I certainly try to be present as a mom because you're never going to get that time back. And he's only five and a half months and he's never going to be this small again. So I really try to still prioritize having the time with him. But, you know, my business is my baby too. I've, I've worked really hard to grow this. And, um, you know, I still invest as much time as I can. Um, I've definitely built out a team of great people that have helped a lot too. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's finding days where I can prioritize certain things over others and taking advantage of all the spare minutes that I have to, um, you know, still put into this. So it's, it's still very important to me. Yeah, that's, that's great. I think we're, we're in the same boat too. It's like, it's really hard to manage everything like this week specifically. I think both Chrissy and myself were like, how are we going to get everything done? <laughs> and we're going on a, we're going on a trip together too. So it's like, we've got to get everything taken care of, you know, right. before the end of today. And so ne never enough hours in the day. That's for sure. No, no. Did yeah. you give yourself a maternity leave? Um, so everyone kind of referred it, referred to it as like my short term, like non maternity leave, maternity <laughs> leave, you know, yeah. or whatever they called it. Um, I really didn't. I was actually, 
still responding to emails when I was in labor. Um, oh my I mean, you're just sitting there. It's a waiting game, right? Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, was, you'll have more time then than you will in the next hundred percent. And you know, they keep telling you to rest and sleep. And I'm like, I'm having a baby. How could I sleep? Like I'm excited and anxious. Uh, no, I really didn't. I, um, in the beginning, obviously it was, I was exhausted and sleep deprived and just trying to kind of survive. And I made sure to do client reviews and get things done for everybody before I, you know, and, and, and my son came two and a half weeks early. So, um, oh my gosh. you know, it was, it was definitely, I wish I was even a little bit more prepared, but you know, my clients were wonderful in understanding that, you know, I was having a baby and, you know, timing might take a couple extra days. So people gave me a lot of grace, which was really nice, but um, I truly love what I do. So if someone reached out and needed something, I did my best to get back to them as quickly as I could. And I really didn't take the time, but, um, you know, that's okay. It's, it's, we've made it work and, um, you know, nothing, nothing suffered, not one part of my life, which was great. So, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, that is great. So, um, what were things that you set up? Were you like, so ready? Like, okay, my baby's here. This is what I've set up for my child so that he's like, whether it's a college savings account or whatever. So I always knew I was going to have kids eventually. Um, so I actually used, uh, I had set up a life insurance policy for myself. It's on me years ago that I have been funding for the plans of using it for college for a future child. And if he ends up being brilliant or really athletic or whatever it is, and he gets a scholarship, that's great. Then I'll use it for retirement. Um, but that, that was kind of my plan very early on, like in my very early 20s. Um, which is definitely not the mindset of probably a lot of our peers. But um, so that was kind of how I got started. And, and actually, it was funny just today, my husband and I were talking about, um, he was just asking me about a Roth IRA. And, um, you know, I have a lot of clients who are self-employed and their kids do different jobs for them, whether it's clerical work or, um, you know, answering the phone or helping them send out mailers or helping them with an event, whatever it might be. And they pay their child and they're able to put money aside for them. And it's a tax benefit across the board and a great savings. So um, there's just so many cool things out there that you can do to help get your kids ahead. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of fun things that, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be doing for him down the line, but, um, that is something I kind of planned before he was even a thought. So how old, like at what age can you get your kid a credit card? Do they have to be like of age that they could actually use it? Or can I get my three-year-old a credit card to start building? You could get your three-year-old a credit card. Absolutely. Um, you definitely can. I know my parents for me, um, bought, you know, took one out initially and would, you know, maybe put a hundred dollars on the credit card and then pay it off. And that helped to build my credit. And then, um, you know, in high school I would use it. They would say, okay, you know, use this card to get gas. Right. Or, and then in college, you know, this is what it would look like. But in college, they would make me pay that back if it was for shopping or other things unrelated to uh, necessities. Um, but it was just a great way to kind of learn budgeting and uh, really just the importance of smart spending and paying your bills on time. And um, it really, really kind of taught me just how to stay organized with finances at, at a young age. How do you think that you're going to teach your son to like manage his finances in a, in a good way? 
Well, I'm hoping he takes over my book of business one day. That's that's my plan. Everybody knows that my clients and all the advisors I work with. Um, I would love nothing more than to than to work with him. So we'll see. I I talk with him now about finance. He has no idea what I'm saying, but. If I get he's in, still it all in. He, he just can't talk. talk it. He's, it's, it's going. <laughs> I have to say, so my daughter's 13 months old. When I put CNBC on, oh, she's like, oh, <laughs> she's your yes. daughter. I know. I know. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, the goal is obviously just to teach him about responsibility for all facets, facets of life at a young age. And um, I'm hoping he takes an interest like I did and just kind of make it fun for him and find different ways I can get him excited about saving and investments and just how it all works. So then hopefully he does want to work for me down the line or with me, you know, as a team. Yeah, that would be great. That's one of my biggest fears. I think of having kids like my parents set me up in a really good way, like financially, basically they gave me like, okay, here's an allowance, but this is for everything, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. your haircuts, your, your food, like everything. And I feel like that was great. But I'm like, if I do that, is it going to work on my daughter? I don't know. Like that, it it almost just like scares me. Like, will she get the same habits if I teach them to her or is Mm -hmm. everybody like, is it nature versus nurture? That's almost like the the, the thing that worries me, but that's like so awesome that your dad had you investing in stocks as a little girl. Like, I feel like that's something that I'll take with me to, you know, teach my, my daughter as well. Yeah. One, one little thing you can, you can share with her down the line that he would always say to me, and my dad is very frugal. He's a great saver. He's just very smart about a lot of the investment choices that he made. And he would always say to me that, um, my jeans weren't going to pay my credit card bill. So, you know, basically <laughs> spending responsibly and, and such a, a, a response of a dad, right. To say something like that. But I mean, he was right by, you know, buying jeans wasn't going to, to, uh, I couldn't pay my credit card cards off in, in jeans, unfortunately. So, um, you know, just really teaching me that um, you can spend and enjoy your money and that's very important, but you just need to also be smart about your saving habits too, and um, make sure that you're spending within uh, your budgets and things. So I think mm-hmm. setting your daughter up for success at a young age and teaching them the value of, of money and saving and uh, budgeting is is a great thing. I, I don't think it's ever too soon to start once they have a, a basic concept of how it works. Yeah, that's great. What would you say personally? And again, I know, you know, can't like share financial advice specifically, but just like for you personally, like what's your favorite kind of investment account or like what do you think maximizes the most value? So I can't really say what's my favorite because obviously there's a lot of different um, factors. And I think, you know, there's there's so many different things that you can do based on needs. But um, a lot of things that clients will come to me for specifically are um, tax deferral. So tax benefits, how do I pay less in tax? What, what does that look like? Um, so tax deferred vehicles, um, protection, you know, planning. So looking at different types of insurances, um, and, and those types of things, those are really like the main kind of focuses that people, um, will reach out for. So kind of protecting my family, protecting my income, protecting my longevity, um, and the pay less in tax, I probably every client has said that to me <laughs> at least once in the time I've been uh, been working with them. Got it. Um, is there a is there like a specific? And again, you don't have to say if you because you, it could vary. But like, I feel like the major credit cards right now are like the Chase Sapphire and then the American Express mm-hmm. for like their benefits. Is there one that you that you like? 
Um, so I fly United a lot. So I actually use the United, I have a United credit card. Um, okay. I think anything that gives you points and, and benefits, again, not abusing the credit card by any means is going to be right. great. I know the Sapphire Preferred has been huge. A lot of people have taken advantage of that. I've thought about switching to that um, just because, you know, gives you the ability to fly other airlines and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just again, setting aside time to, <laughs> to prioritize stuff like that, yes. right? It's always the easiest, but um, yeah, I think anything that's going to help you build points and get good rewards for your purchases is, is great as long as you're, again, not building up unnecessary credit card debt. Yes. Pay it off every month in full if you have a credit card. PSA. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that was the one thing my mom was like. I remember one month I like couldn't pay my whole credit card, and I was like, "Should I get my? Should I go into my savings or just not pay it all this month?" And she's like, "Oh my god, use your savings!" Like, <laughs> noted, noted. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think like, you know, if you, uh, I guess last question, like if you were to look back to, obviously you were very financially savvy as a 20 year old, but let's say you were someone else that maybe wasn't super financially savvy. Like what would you say to like your 20 year old self in terms of like how to best just set yourself up for success? Yeah. I mean, I I think the biggest thing and what my takeaway has always been is you need to enjoy your money now, right? That's important because we don't, we don't get the time back and um, you don't want to look at yourself at 60 or 70 and say, I'm so glad I have this big pile of money, but I had to miss out on so many things to, to save that. Um, So I think still enjoying your money while you're here is important. Um, But, you know, certainly just strategizing saying I'm going to be here a long time and I have to make sure that, you know, I'm okay. So, I'm going to enjoy things, but I'm also going to make sure I'm putting away for my future self um, and not getting myself in trouble with, you know, major credit card debt or, um, you know, having the ability to um, not purchase a house one day or do something because of, you know, my financial situation. So um, I think really just, you know, planning in a responsible way and um, making sure you're enjoying yourself, but still having that balance of, um, remembering that it's more about, more than just today. We have to think about tomorrow too. Yeah. At what age would you say like our clients coming to you and saying like on average, I want to be set up for retirement at this age. Is there like, is it a range? Like a, is it sixties, fifties? Like where, when are people hoping? So I think as far as like target retirement really varies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of my clients want to save really aggressively and can afford to do that um, and make a very good income and they want to retire by 55. Um, mm-hmm. I have other clients that say, I love what I do. I'm going to be able to do it in, in any capacity I want to. So I have no intentions of retiring. I like to call that financial independence where you can afford to retire but choose to keep working. Um, 65 has always kind of been the target age, but I just feel like people get bored now. They don't want to just stop working. Right. So they're they're doing more of what I like to call like a passion project at that point. Um, but as far as like when people start coming to me, I would definitely say like late thirties to early forties is when a lot of my clients probably, it's probably because they start having families or, or getting married or just really starting to look more towards the future and looking at where they're at currently and figuring out, you know, am I on the right path? And that's where those conversations really get started. Yeah. And are most of the clients coming to you to like, think about retirement? Is that like, would you say the majority? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I think that always plays a part because we're going to need the money down the line. Uh, but um, I'll have a lot of clients that will come to me about buying an investment property of some sort or buying their first home um, or, again, planning for college or some type of maybe shorter term 
um, purchase. Um, but I would say the majority are looking at, you know, the longer um, term as like a main goal and then kind of plugging in those other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. This is like a selfish question for myself because I absolutely <laughs> love like business and finance books. Do you have a book, a book recommendation just of like your favorite like business or finance book? I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I definitely like to read different things and, um, you know, stay up to date with stuff. I don't think there's anything in particular that I have that I've necessarily read that's, um, stood out to me pretty significantly. Um, but you know, I stay up to date on a lot of, um, articles that are published and different things. And obviously if someone gives me a recommendation for a book, I'm always open. So if you have one you like, I'm always happy to happy to happy to read it and further my my knowledge and information. I've got a full shelf. Yeah. No. Anyway, just just curious for that for, for selfish gain. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we really appreciate your time. We know you don't have much to spare, so we are very appreciative. Yes, we are, and we love to hear. You know, if you want to let our audience yes. know where they can find you. Sure. Um, so, I, if you guys want to put my information out there, that's fine. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so Jacqueline Unger. Um, again, just because of compliance, we can't really have a whole social media platform, although we'd love to be able to do that uh, one day if that's possible. But um, otherwise, they can just email or uh, call me if you're able to um, share my information. That's fine. Yeah, definitely. Great. Thank you oh, so much. Well, for thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I think this was a really insightful conversation. And, you know, I think for, for us, we, we want to help other people get better financially fit. Yep, absolutely. No, I think that's great. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, Thanks thank so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Her House. Please be sure to rate and subscribe.